When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 is back, Friday edition, alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, David Reed, and our entire cast with Outkick making the show happen for us. We appreciate those guys. Ready for a big show today. We hope that you'll subscribe on YouTube, share on Facebook, retweet by following at Outkick360 on Twitter. Gentlemen, good morning. It's officially a zero F's given Friday on the program. I am uh, bringing energy today. I'm ready to go. Uh, It's like we never left when you say that we're back. And it feels that way today. Paulie, how are we doing? I like that zero F's Friday. Yeah. Got to condense it to get the F close to the Friday. That's uh, good. For some alliteration. That's right. Alliteration is always good. We're big on alliteration on this show. Zero F Friday. Today, a big uh, anniversary. Happy anniversary to my lovely wife, Claire. Five years. And there is a tie-in with the show. The beard is the gift, by the, the way. Look yeah, at the beard. Happy anniversary. This with is this a beard. gift that keeps on giving year-round right the tie here. The beard. Uh, people say, like, hey, why was it important that you guys stick together? We're looking at two of uh, the, the best men of my wedding. That's right. Uh, Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski uh, joining us five years ago today. Um, and we even had Paul, who donned the wonderful hat that he bought in New Orleans. This is a complete gag, this hat. I bought it in New Orleans as a gag. Oh, it was not a gag. And I... Uh, this was not pre- a gag. It, it was LASIK surgery for me, as It you was can see a... Uh, in New Orleans, you kind of do dumb stuff. So I bought a hat, and I wore it in New Orleans where it's fun. Then I busted it out for the wedding on request. Chad, your thoughts. But I'm not a guy who walks around wearing a the hat. The truth I'm is, you guy. brought it home, and your wife ridiculed you for it. You never wore it again. Yeah, you loved no. it. You loved it I loved it in New Orleans, but I made it clear. It was like a New Orleans thing. I was never going to wear a hat. Chad, your thoughts. Um, How do you? What, what's your recollection of this hat? I, I think that you really liked it until really you got home and you, you pulled back a nub when you tried it on for the missus. No, I told like you in New Orleans, and I had this experience in New Orleans with my wife. When I'm out with my wife and I try on anything outside of a baseball cap, I get laughed at hysterically. It becomes a thing when we're out shopping together. I intentionally pick out a hat. I say, hey, look at this. She, like recoils like hunches over she can't hunch over right now because of her back situation <laughs> but if she could sorry, she would put her hands sorry on her back put her hands on her knees and like I'm, I'm talking like uncontrollable laughter like on the ground yeah. laughing at any hat that i put on we're going to give people that are only listening right now let's say if you're listening in, in knoxville on fox sports knoxville we're going to give you a reason to go to the youtube page or go watch on twitter by prompting to show that one more time. On that picture, it looks too for small. For our viewers. It does. Um, it looks it looks smaller than hat. I remember. Let's keep, the, let's keep it up there for <laughs> a second. It's not a great angle. So it's this, a lot smaller than I remember. Oh, my head is much bigger. Paul, Paul, is, <laughs> is, Paul is downplaying how much he liked that. I'll also say this. He's downplaying the positive reaction in New Orleans. Oh, in New Orleans, people love that. Hat. Hat. Paul and I were walking around, yes. and uh, women would come out of nowhere and just say, hey, nice hat. 
Nice hat. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you went, it was, a top, it was a great conversation piece. It's a lot like the master shirt. <laughs> hey, nice hat, man. Nice hat. A lot like the master shirt. We didn't say anything in Augusta. I will we got say, back and ridiculed the guy. I know Chad's going <laughs> to. We didn't want to ruin the vibe. You know, we're in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, we, so we're all happy. We Chad's going to feel it. like I'm turning the tables. I think, I think we bought this. Uh, Chad and I were up earlier than the rest of the crew one day. I made the investment in the hat. Much earlier. I, I, uh, not, not much earlier. No, but earlier. much earlier. <laughs> I, um, we had been to four sunglasses shops before. Well, here's, here's what I'm driving at. So I made the investment in the hat. I mean, it wasn't hugely expensive, nah. but I, I made the plunge on the hat. I found the hat. I looked at a lot of different hats. I bought this hat. At that place, Chad bought his first pair of sunglasses. <laughs> And then we went to another place, and Chad found the better pair of sunglasses. He bought those. And then at third place, Chad finally bought his third pair of sunglasses. If he had saved up all the money for all the sunglasses, he could have got one good pair of sunglasses. Instead, he went like $15, $30, $60 sunglasses, which he should have just saved up and bought one good pair of sunglasses. This is the lesson. It was a bad investment strategy. This is the lesson. Don't buy cheap sunglasses. If you lose your sunglasses or you need them, just make the investment with good sunglasses you're going to like. If not, you end up buying three pairs of sunglasses that all suck, which I bought. And but every had time, so much it was fun such an impulsive move. Like I'd put it on, I'm like, oh, these look great. And I'd wear them out of there, and I'd see myself in a mirror. I'm like, these are what terrible. The are these? What in the world was I thinking when I bought these damn things? It was awful. He almost, I think, by the time he bought the third pair, he simply left the first pair on a ledge, like for a homeless person to, to take. I think well, I gave we got it to our first store. drink. I said, do you want to resell these glasses? Because I don't need them anymore. I don't even Can want I get the five dollars off to give you back these that I bought four doors down? <laughs> it's like when you buy a home. Can and I trade flip this it, for a hurricane? Except I didn't flip it. I just gave it back over to them. Yeah, but I mean, these are the stories that you get out of incidents like this, and the beauty of the story is well where, worth the investment in the glass. Where is the hat currently? It's on my uh, top up, See, upper I think it should be on this show. I'll put it here. It's, uh, not, really getting, it's not getting worn off of any show. I think whenever you feel the New Orleans vibe come on, like maybe, you know, 420 this next week. Yeah, maybe on that day hurricanes. you decide that uh, you just want to wear the hat for a segment of the show. I think it would be a nice – you've already got the, the megaphone. It's a nice prop for you, Paul. I, I, I'm embarrassed to tell this story. but well, that, that means you have to tell yes, it. It's already gone generational, right? So – Two years ago, before I went out of town, I think to New York to visit friends, to see Springsteen on Broadway, I had like a four-day weekend where I went solo. Um, And I was going to, you know, miss Simon and everything. And I Mm -hmm. had time to take off. And so I took a couple days and Simon and I went to Kentucky. I just got on this thing where I thought, like, it'd be cool to go see horses and hang out. So we went like to the farm that Secretariat's from. We saw Secretariat's grave. We met, I think, Man of War, and he fed Man of War, and we get, took pictures. I, I believe it was Man of War. Maybe Man of War's dead, and it was somebody else. It was a, a prominent horse. Um, and then we went to arcades and played a ton of video games, and we skated, and you know, so we had a good time. We stayed in one of the hotels in the presidential suite where the first George Bush had actually stayed. So there was a plaque. This is where we watched the Jackie Robinson movie and everything. And we went to Churchill Downs, where I had a connection who got us a private tour of Churchill Downs. So we were like literally on the track, and I thought it was all really cool, and he was, he was into it. So we go to the gift shop at Churchill Downs, and you guys know I collect pins from venues and events that I'm at. So I'm looking for a pin, and he, of course, is exploring and whatever. And what does he find that he likes? A hat. 
Oh. Not unlike this hat. And he's a dapper dude, and he tries on this hat, and, you know, I'm going to let him buy something. And this hat's a little pricey, but he's really into the hat. But of hat. everything there, he wanted a hat similar to the New Orleans And hat. I'm like, where are you going to wear this hat? And he's like, Dad, I'll wear it, you know, whatever. He looks so cool in the hat. So I, I, I of course, you know, lead him around to try to get him to go different directions, but he's stuck <laughs> like a nine-year-old boy at the time will be. And so I buy him the hat. Has he ever worn the hat? The other day, I saw the, the hat made an appearance like around the house as a goof, kind of like my hat does. Yeah. And like my hat, it's up on a high shelf in his closet. This is very interesting, psychologically speaking. I feel like I need to, you both on the couch that he to too, talk about this, that he too went for a hat similar to that. Speaking of generationally, I'll get you guys a picture and, and, and the uniting the generations, uh, I am wearing an Outkick 360 t-shirt today. You can buy this, outkick.com. Go look at the merchandise. You I went buy younger. all the Outkick Chad's 360 gear that you want uh, and this today's wardrobe is inspired by my father tom withrow who we're going to show you right now who double logoed up he ordered this online great to see you and he is wearing both the t-shirt and the hat now it's a good look i like the hat i like the t-shirt now we will say as a show stance we've been very consistent with this paul don't Don't double double logo logo. Mm. but at a certain age you you should buy both and wear one at a time either shirt or hat not both at the same time. Tom Withrow, this is a zero Fs given Friday. He gives zero, zero Fs. Fs. He will double logo all that he wants, and you see him there in all of his glory in both shirt and hat. At a certain age, you can logo as much as you want. Tom has served our country. He's earned the right. Well, this is straight. He's earned the, earned the right. <laughs> this is to straight wear from as the mail, and then right on the on Tom. Like he's, right. he's yes. showing off the fact that the gear arrived. Did Mom take this photo? As a Navy man, he can double logo all that That's he right. wants. Yes, uh, Deborah Withrow, well mother, took the uh, photo. Well framed photo. That she could have gone there. horizontal. Right after this, he she convinced went her home. He convinced some neighbor that he sucks at cornhole and then took him it for took all his money. Yeah. That's right. He uh, it's a cornhole. He suckered outfit. him like Woody Harrelson and white men can't jump. <laughs> but it was on a cornhole. Just a ra- random neighborhood cornhole uh, game. Here's the flaw in your theory. I think everyone within two square miles they know. of Tom knows. Yeah. He's got to go outside a certain distance to Old suck on anybody. Now. Old eagle eyes, we call them. <laughs> His accuracy is a marksman. Bocce ball also is another one I thought about that we play at their house. Uh, We're over there on Sunday afternoons, and he's very good at bocce ball also. i got to get you this game Cub from Scandinavia, which would be right up his alley. Interesting. It's a throwing, knocking things We're down. We're also game. getting big into Scandinavian death metal because of Jakob Swanson, so this is great. I think Scandinavia nice really is one of the finest places I in the world. I told you I've been on a tear of watching Scandinavian shows. The Bear Town about the hockey team in Sweden I uh, on heard HBO, of and then I watched uh, the, the investigation. I've watched some of that on HBO. Also, HBO is big into uh, Scandinavian shows. One is from Denmark, and the other is from Sweden. Bear Town, the investigation. Paul taking notes. Uh, our guys, Lance and, and Jakob, taking notes on, on the hat that they saw earlier. Your thoughts on the New Orleans hat that Paul purchased? I don't even remember the price of this, but it was a big topic of discussion, guys. What do you think? Clearly, uh, we think he should wear it every day. <laughs> Please. It reminds me of, uh, like, college freshmen, I feel like, find a hat that, like, that fits their new identity a lot. Like, yeah. The new identity. This is, this is me now. And, you know, might be a right. beanie in there, a hippie, whatever it is. I'm a theater major, but, and this is who I am. And it's it's the theater major, exactly, <laughs> yeah. that Paul reminds me of. So, I did take an acting class, which was supposed to be easy A, which I got a B plus in. 
Paul read some Hemingway, and it all just kind of clicked. Some F. Scott Fitzgerald, more with that hat, and it all kind of clicked for him. Jacob, one question for you. Do you wear that same hat every day? I, I'm now confusing myself to see if you're no, – I know you're always wearing doesn't. a hat, but he it's wrote the same one. Yes, I do. So every it's day? always that one. Okay. I just now thought about it. I'm thinking, is that the same – I know he's always in a hat, but is that the same hat every day? And that sweater also gets a lot of play. He's got a, a he rotates sweater he wears three also. Or four. A car, You're a sweater guy. It's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I, uh, I I think of absent absent whenever I think whenever I see the hat, but I do like every time. That I, hat? It's yeah, it's like you or my hat. Yeah, your hat. hat. Yeah, your well, hat, New whatever. Orleans. All those. I think of the glasses. I think of uh, Kirby's absinthe ridiculosity. I think of hurricanes. Uh, that's what immediately pops to no, mind. When I, I see think. his hat, I think of absinthe. Like, oh, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who was saying, like, he's sort of an Edgar Allan Poe yes. type character. I think house. of your guy's ketchup incident. Yes. Eating ketchup off the table. Very sanitary. <laughs> Paul's going to wear that hat, take a shot of absinthe, and write the next version of the Telltale Heart. <laughs> is what's going to happen. Hit us up on happy Twitter. Happy anniversary, Claire. Yes, happy yes. anniversary. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. And, uh, we got a lot to get today. We're going to talk NFL draft when we come back. And the draft class, the amount of players in the class compared to years past. It's a remarkable uh, numbers. Yeah, very, very surprising. Big draft questions. Are the 49ers going with Mac Jones? Are we sure of that as we sit here today? And also, what happens at number four with Atlanta? Because the mocks now are saying quarterback or trade out. When, for a while, we've been seeing Kyle Pitts at number four. Well, we'll discuss that and much more straight ahead. And is today the day that Chad Withrow actually makes money, makes a profit with FanDuel.com slash OK360? We'll find out. No, it's not. We'll find out. It's been, it's been a bad, bad couple weeks. One thing's for sure, though. He and everyone can take advantage of Manscaped.com. And the code OK360, 20% off at manscaped.com with your order, plus free shipping. Proper grooming requires precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and you can get 20% off plus free shipping with manscaped.com and the code OK360. You've got some great products in this box right here. You can get this with that 20% off. You can also get products like Crop Cleanser, the Crop Mop, Foot Duster, if you've got a foot odor problem, they've got the foot duster, foot deodorant, refined cologne, and the Plow 2.0. Scape it up. You might have seen a picture on social media where these guys did some work on uh, this head. Trim, trimmed you up. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit, the Lawnmower 3.0. It comes with everything you need. You saw it there in the Perfect Package 3.0. That's the one that Chad just displayed. 20% off and free shipping with the code OK360. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job. Again, manscaped.com and the code OK360. Out kick 360 <laughs> rolls on. Glad you're with us on the Friday edition. Good break, guys. Good break. Yeah, good break. Super good break. terrific break. One of our best. Good job, Lance, Jacob, Reed. Great yeah. job on that break. Yeah. Excellent work. FanDuel.com slash OK360. We give you the link because new users can make up to a $1,000 risk-free bet on your first bet by opting in at FanDuel.com slash OK360. We are also current users looking to get Chad out of his slump today. 
Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Please help. And let us know. <laughs> let help. Chad know the guaranteed lock on this Friday because the man has lost how many bets in a row now? I, I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> uh, we're going to show you how many bets I've lost okay. in a row. The, the number, Hutton, is 10. Uh, that is an impossible, not impossible. Call the red line for a problem. My one problem is I can't win. Uh, there's not, there's, these aren't big money bets or anything, but uh, my problem is a 10-game mm. losing streak. Help me. I plead with the audience. Let me know what you're betting with FanDuel. I will do anything right now to get myself out of this slump that I'm currently in. Please well, help. Hit us up at Outkick360 on Twitter. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know what I should do. Please help me out. There's a current there's a current live soccer match going on in the Czech Republic that you could bet on. All right. The Bohemians <laughs> 1905 against Banik Ostrava. Who do you like there? Boy, huh? two good names. They're in the 22nd minute. Bohemians, it's, it's tied. Who Not do you enough. like? Uh, it's nil nil. You're gonna go to the Bohemians in honor of Queen. Uh, there's Rhapsody? a Danish soccer league where Viborg is taking on Esberg. Any darts going on right now? Um, you can you can bet that live right now at FanDuel.com. I'm thinking Bohemians. Uh, I kind of like in the Bohemians play. Uh, but Chad, you you would have lost eleven in a row. You're saying today, well, if not, well, we don't know yet. If it was, you would have bet the Braves to win. And then the last minute, their starting pitcher was scratched. Yeah, this is how bad my slump has been. Uh, I was going to just go ahead and just continue with my method of just, I'm going to keep betting the Braves until it wins for me. <laughs> and I was going to go today with their 1 o'clock game against the Cubs at Wrigley. Well, Drew Smiley for the Braves has a forearm inflammation, and he is scratched, and they called up Kyle Wright from the minors to start the game. So I would have gone, I think it was Braves minus 190, as a favorite, and now the last I looked at, it's Braves minus 110, <laughs> still as a slight favorite. But I would have taken the Braves and had worse odds had they won because I thought Drew Smiley was Here's starting. something that I've learned. This is 10 minutes after in, I decided not to make the bet, by the way. studying my own bad baseball bets. You can bet the game if you go into it a little bit more. You can bet the game generally same odds, and it's got pitcher versus pitcher, the starters, and then it's got one starter versus action. And then it's got the other starter versus action. Action is you're playing it no matter who the starter is. But if you bet starter versus starter and one of them scratched, the bet's scratched. There you go, Chad. So instead of, just betting it straight, instead of just betting it straight, go look at those starters. On the rare occasion a pitcher scratched, you've got insurance. So we're winners on this show, right? Not losers? <laughs> well, Let's, I mean, no, it remains I, look, to be seen based losing, on what we Losing is a mentality, at. Paul. <laughs> losing is a mentality. We're going to get out of this losing streak right go now. Ahead. So Bohemians 1905 versus Bonnick Ostrava. <laughs> I don't know who's Will home and who's away. But the home team, I think it's Bonnick Ostrava. Home Ostrava, team is generally first is plus, in soccer. Plus 195. Okay, so Bohemians are plus 185. Plus 150 for a tie. Plus 190 for the away team. I'm thinking Let's of going go. tie. 
Let's go tie. Yeah, you lose if it ties if you pick a team. There's three res- three possible results. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pick the tie. It's currently scoreless right. in the 24th minute. We go with that? And that'll be over before the show's over, man. It should be. Let's get Chad back on the winning way. Oh, it's going to be over before the show's over. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the bet I made last night and what I've gotten hooked on a little bit. And Done. I've said before, I don't believe in following other people's betting advice, like, like random people. Mm-hmm. And I'm a complete hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> I know a uh, young lady, Ariel Epstein, uh, who I like the way she thinks. And she, I follow her on Twitter. She does these little videos with another dude. He, he talks a lot of hockey bets. I don't really like hockey bets. She's got me into uh, strikeout props. And so last night, yesterday afternoon, she came with the Texas Rangers strikeout more than any team in the league. Rich Hill, lefty, going for Tampa Bay. She gave me like five out of six lefties that have gone against the Rangers have struck out at least six batters. Rich Hill, a lefty, going against the team that strikes out most in the league. Um, and they, his lefties have struck out at least six batters and five out of six against them or something like that. These are convincing numbers. To yeah. Me. Boom, I make the bet. Boom, Rich Hill strikes out. Two. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem is you get into a prop like that. But I the like the strikeout time. prop. Yeah, I like, the, I like the idea of it. But I, I did that with uh, Jokic of the, uh, the Nuggets on scoring 25-plus points, and he had 21 I think, or 19 in a game. And then I, you immediately lose the first time you do it. I feel like if you win the Never first time out, again. then you're going to go back to it over and over again. But the one loss, and you're like, okay, let's Well, let's that's move like on the Knicks. Else. I had the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks had covered, I think, 12 straight times in the first half. So, of course, I bet the 13th time, and they were down one. Unlucky number. Down Unlucky one 13. At, at, at half. Did you see Jokic, uh, that shot he hit the other day? Was that the game-winning shot where he – leaned in at three and kind of threw it up uh, uh, underhand, like a layup from, from three-point line. is unbelievable. I have not watched much NBA. I don't I watch any NBA either. I just see a, a later, highlight. I, uh, I, I have a hard time watching highlights at this point. I'm just not watching much of anything. This was NBA. extraordinary uh, as a highlight goes. I, I wouldn't watch five minutes of an NBA game if, uh, if you restock my account. It's really the final three minutes that matter in the league anyway. That's when the game gets good. Final three minutes of a regular season matchup, and sometimes the the postseason. By in then, round he's one. into deep into serpent, and I'm yeah. deep into or his repeat I'm, of the or good I'm life. Deep into Belgian soccer or whatever. Yeah, I just yeah right. Bet on um, uh, uh, the NFL media paying attention to Texans general manager Nick Casario uh, and a presser that's going on right now in Houston, the pre-draft press conference, uh, where he was asked about Deshaun Watson and the lawsuits and trade possibilities and the quote that he gave was we're respectful of the legal process and then he goes on to say that their focus is on the offseason program and the draft asked about contingency plans based on how things play out with watson which is a good follow-up uh, going into the draft uh, because that would be the focus of the draft potentially uh, casario says if you want to speculate, you should probably go buy Bitcoin. Focus on that. <laughs> I hope he said it with a, a humorous ridiculous tone answer. as opposed to a jerkish He tone. says, I will not deal with hypotheticals. If you want to speculate, you should probably go buy Bitcoin. Focus on that. As if they're just, you know, going to not answer any questions on Deshaun Watson ever. Who's the second quarterback they got? Ryan Finley. 
So they're going Terod Taylor and Ryan Finley. I mean, I could see them going forward with that. They're going to be a terrible team. Yes. Uh, you know, so, so they're, they're going to be in play for the best quarterback Lowest next in the year. league released today. Um, it's going to be two and a half? Five. Under. The, Under. the numbers I saw released by William Hill today. Keep in mind, were 17 games. 17, right. The 17 games, win total, five wins for the Houston Texans. I mean, Texans. if they win five, is Coley the coach of the year in the NFL? <laughs> I'd go, that seems like a very easy under bet to me. I'd go three and a half. Uh, I with, mean, with the extra game, you're saying? Yeah, they've got two games against the Jags. Jags, you know, will so more how wins, fast do the Jags Detroit play, or uh, Houston? Because right now, Detroit. the win total, five for Detroit and Houston. They're the lowest. They're, right now, they're projected to have the number one overall pick and number two overall pick in 2022. I'm not as familiar with Detroit's roster, to be honest, but Houston has signed a billion middling players. For one-year deals. Yeah. So I just don't see how you get a good collective effort out of that. And who's their star? Who's the best player on that team? I mean, I keep thinking of that Merciless. Yeah. Merciless is the best player on that team, and he's on the downside now, and he's not playing off of J.J. Watt anymore. I think Philip I mean, it's Lindsay. really hard. Philip Lindsay's a running yeah, back I mean, in Houston now. I hate Philip Lindsay. Um, yeah, a former pro bowler. Like, I'm just trying to think of good players. I mean, but, um, but you think of names, they're all gone. If you think of Fuller. Yeah, they are. Is Fuller re-signed there? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think, think Fuller so. might have re-signed there, but he's always hurt. Um, so I'm, I'm always intrigued by the, the, the win totals and where, where Vegas sets the over-under for wins for the bottom half of the league. Because, the, look, the top half is fairly predictable. Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Will Fuller went to Miami. Okay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Green Bay. Uh, those are the at the top of the league. Buffalo, uh, all of those teams with ten wins or more, projected ten and a half wins or more. Kansas City projected to in in Vegas. They have the highest win total with twelve uh, on NFL win totals. But the bottom, the bottom half. We mentioned Detroit and Houston. Uh, over under five wins. Jacksonville and the New York Jets, who currently have the number one and number two overall pick in this year's draft, they're projected at six wins each. And then you get into Philadelphia, Atlanta, Cincinnati with seven. That's the bottom half of the league. I I think Jacksonville's the one that could uh, overachieve on that list of some of the lowest win totals in the NFL uh, because I do think that there's talent – uh, around Trevor Lawrence, who's coming in as the undisputed top prospect in this draft. So if he hits it all in year one, I, I think that Jacksonville's not going to be very good, but I think they could be a 500-type team this year. One that jumps out to me, Chicago 7.5. I just don't know where they're – I mean, their defense maybe keep the, keeps the Bears around. I don't, I don't feel very good about the Bears. With Dalton. With anyone, I, I just don't. I don't see. Well, there, them there's a report that the Bears are together. interested in trading up for a quarterback. They should be. They should be. Uh, but are they going to get the fifth quarterback, or are they going to get in the mix for the fourth quarterback? They uh, trade with Atlanta and get the fourth that, quarterback. So, uh, see, I would, I, I would, I would be interested in seeing here. Here, here. This is interesting to me. If you're trading up for the fourth quarterback, I would think you're waiting, right, to see who the fourth quarterback is. And if it's the guy you like, you go get him. If you trade right now for that, you're accepting 
what the, is dictated to you by three other teams. I can't see doing it now. On the clock, after you see who the first three picks are, and you do it, then you know, hey, this team loves Lance or Fields or Jones. But doing it now, to me, makes no sense. Doing it to now, to me, says you love four quarterbacks. And what are the odds that you love four, three? I mean, we know Lawrence is gone. What are the odds you love three quarterbacks? If you love three quarterbacks, you fall into my thing. You love everything. And if you love everything, you're not discerning. And if you're not discerning, how good can you be? Well, so to me, it's if Justin Fields is available. That's who you would – that's the trade-up value to go from 20, where they currently select, up to where in this case it would be the fourth overall pick. That's going to be really expensive. With Atlanta. Too. You're giving up your draft and future first. drafts. Well, story from Outkick Bets uh, with FanDuel that we just talked about. Justin Fields, as of 17 hours ago, is now the betting favorite to be the third overall pick by San Francisco after his pro day. You know, we really So if that's let. the case, you're looking at Trey Lance, Mac Jones – in that next tier. And do one of those guys make sense for the Bears? With your scenario, Paul, where you're trading up to get one of those guys is available, does that make sense? Uh, remind me, uh, if you remember, I've forgotten already. It, we became so accepting of the Mac Jones as the, as the 49ers guy. Where did, where did the air in that sale come from? Justin Fields had a second pro day performance, and then the money shifted to Justin Fields. Right now, Fields is minus 135. To go number three, the 49ers. So, Mac Jones is plus 125. Trey Lance is plus 380. This was flipped a couple days ago, where Mac Jones was a heavy favorite. Yes. And I was thinking, boy, that'd be a pretty smart bet if it's plus whatever for but Justin Fields to go betting, put money on that. But on the, not on the betting, but on the media. Well, it came from, so uh, when the trade was made, while we were sitting here live on the air, um, was it a Thursday or a Friday? The trade was made by... San Francisco to move up from 12 to 3. Immediately on social media, this was Trey Lance. Everyone thought Trey Lance was who Shanahan was after. And within not, not even a 24-hour news cycle, yeah, within 12 times. hours, not even that, maybe yeah. five, by the, time, by the time the weekend was here, it everyone shifted. said Mac Jones. Yeah, where did so, that come from? What was the impetus? I'm trying to remember. They, they, the reports were that Shanahan was in love with Mac Jones. That's where it came from. Yeah. Now, does that come from the 49ers? Does that come the following from Mac Jones' agent? The who's following doing, week was the pro day. Who's doing the getting that out there thing? That was not the popular opinion that day. No. I mean, again, this is the draft news cycle which changes because they need new things to talk about. Like For, for instance... Uh, Atlanta is Atlanta now going to all of a sudden take Trey Lance? Well, it's gone back. It's gone full circle. Trey Lance was the pick a month and a half ago, and then it went to Kyle Pitts, and now it's back to Trey Lance. Um, the, the discussion with Mac Jones at the time of the trade was he was the fifth. He was the fifth quarterback off the board. What do you do if you're the Falcons? I take Kyle Pitts. I take Kyle Pitts. I mean that. Chad, what do you it's, think? It's kind of a no-brainer for me paired with Arthur Smith. I, mean, I think they've got you know, a you know chance to get it's, in it's the Kyle playoffs Pitts. now. Maybe, you know, it's going to be hard to win the division. I think we're all presuming Tampa Bay, you know, barring injuries, has a very good chance. You know, you never know year to year, but they have a very good chance to win the division and make another run. But after that, New Orleans is going to be down. Carolina's not going to get up. 
and you've got a chance to be a second-place team in that division and make a, a playoff run with what you have. Go get the best player you can get to help Matt, Matt Ryan. I love Pitts, and I really love Pitts with Arthur Smith. Yeah, me too. And the Falcons and, and ways that Tight he can utilize him. Uh, I think you've got to be a pretty bad offensive coordinator not to find ways to utilize him as a talent. But I think Arthur Smith is going to do an extra special job of finding creative ways to get him involved in the offense. So I, I love Pitts for the Falcons. And even if you're of the of the even if you're of the belief, hey, you're not gonna pick this high again, so you've got to get the quarterback, Matt Ryan's got at least two years left. So you're gonna wait two years on the fourth pick who's not gonna do anything for you but hold the clipboard or be injury insurance? That's a long wait in today's NFL. I mean that's a super patient approach. I just can't see it. It, you, that's a huge resource, the fourth pick in the draft, to sit on for two years. That's half his contract or two-fifths of his contract when you're talking about the, the fifth-year option. I don't know how his contract's weighted, so I can't speak to at least two years left. Um, I, I know that you know they bought into this year, but I, I don't know what Matt Ryan's contract looks like two years Well, they now. have him at least two years at, at I think, reasonable cost. If you're not planning on drafting very high in the future, you take your quarterback now because you have the fourth pick, and you don't have to trade anything to get your guy. But you're not the guy would be Trey Lance in the third year, yeah, or Justin Fields, based based on everyone speculating that Mac Jones is going to San Francisco. Well, and I think the thought is also Matt. If you if you're sticking with Matt Ryan, you said Paul, you got a chance to go to playoffs now with Matt Ryan. Well, by going with that method, you're taking yourself out of the good quarterback market in the draft. Right by playing Matt Ryan, it's it's you want to win. If you got a chance to win now, you win now. Yep. The point being, it's not like oh, play Matt Ryan this year and then go get your quarterback next year. Well, if Matt Ryan's your quarterback and you get to the playoffs, then you're not going to be in a range where you're going to get a top quarterback. My next thinking year. is, if you're that level team, and we know where Atlanta is, you know what, ten, twelve, whatever, fourteen. Vegas has them at over under seven wins next year. They have I would, in the I bottom would, quarter, bottom third of the league. If you give them Kyle Pitts, I've got confidence in Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith I would go over, and Dean Pease. Um, but I think if you're that level team and you're thinking about your next quarterback, to me, you just say you're going to be one of those teams that to get your quarterback has to make one of these trades eventually where you give up a whole bunch to go up in the draft. Right? You're either a team that stinks, that's going to wind up with a high pick, mm-hmm. Or you're a team that is fortunate to be good enough not to be in that spot that's going to ultimately have to trade a, a first-rounder plus uh, to move up in a draft to go get a guy. Now, which team would you rather be? Uh, to, to me, I'd rather be consistently competitive enough that I, I'm going to trade up to get one. Now, now you're saying this is their one time. Well, the only so the only better – Here's the thing that you have to factor in in terms of drafting this high and getting at your quarterback, your franchise quarterback. If you feel like there are five franchise quarterbacks yeah, in this draft from Arthur Smith, you have to take a quarterback. But if he's just because the, the other the other game you're playing is okay, maybe we overachieve this year and we're eight and eight, nine and seven. So you're drafting a middle of the draft, not getting that quarterback next year. Eight, nine, or nine. Then you're eight. almost praying for a bottom out scenario. At some point, with there's injuries around, Matt Ryan's bad. You're two and fourteen. You get the number one pick, mm-hmm. and you get a transformational quarterback. Or you're banking on we have the fourth pick this year. It may not get much better than this in terms of draft position. 
So should we strike while we can definitely and bring in, in our quarterback? Definitely factors into how good they think the fourth quarterback is. It doesn't have to be the fourth quarterback, well, though. Well, not on their board. It could be Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, it Justin Fields be could the, be the is going to be the fourth quarterback off the board. Maybe it not. could be the second he's the quarterback Vegas favorite the first to be, quarterback to the 49ers. But to Paul's point, if he's available at four. And they love him. Right. It's one thing. If, if he's, he's available if, at four and they don't think he's the fourth pick in the draft, it's a whole different story. If Justin Fields is your second-ranked quarterback and you're Arthur Smith and he's right behind Trevor Lawrence, you draft Justin Fields at number four if he's there. That's a no-brainer. I don't think there's any decision to be made at that point. I tend to agree now, with that. If it's, but if you have Kyle Pitts as a generational tight end and Justin Fields as your second quarterback – but mm. doesn't have the number that... No, that you're taking Justin Fields if he's your second quarterback. Now, if Justin Fields is off the board and there's a huge drop on your board between Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson to Trey Lance or Mac Jones, then yes, then you take Kyle I'm Pitts, saying, who's a generational tight I'm end. I'm saying there's a scenario where your second quarterback could still have a draft grade that's lower than Kyle Pitts. And if you're playing true to the board not scoring up the second quarterback because he's a quarterback, and that's the question around the league now that we've talked about a lot. A lot of these quarterbacks are just getting scored up because they're quarterbacks and you have the pick. Well, what's Atlanta do there? If, if they've got Justin Fields as their second quarterback, but they've got Kyle Pitts as their second player, what do you do? You draft the quarterback. Simply because I, the, the position is so important. Yeah. If he's number two and he's there at four for you, now, and, and this is all... You know, how much lower is he than Trevor Lawrence? Is your second quarterback on the board for a team not a transformational franchise quarterback, right? In their mind, there could be just such a huge drop-off where Kyle Pitts makes more sense. But I think if he's your number two quarterback on the board, you got to go Fields at number four. Let's go back to these uh, win totals. So Kansas City at 12 is tops. That's five-loss team. Mm-hmm. You feel like five-loss team is a high-loss win total? Uh, for for the start of the season? Um, like what would the no. team usually be in a 16-game season? What would the high win total I mean, be? you're going to have, what, three or four teams that can get to 14 um, with a 16-game schedule. So, right. so what would we see in a regular year? What would Kansas City have been last year? 12. 12. 11 or 12, yeah. Right. Because even even in the, the so top years for the Tampa Bay, or no, excuse me, not for Tampa Bay, I'm thinking Brady, for New England, I think the over-under that we would talk about on the show would be around 13, 13. 12 and a half, 13. So I'm saying this is a low number considering they have one more opportunity to win. Well, this is a good time to tease because you're talking numbers, mm. and I think numbers are making fans dumb. <laughs> so let's, that's the tease. Okay. That, that's what we're going to talk about. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Outkick 360. You can follow us on Twitter at Outkick 360. And we hope you'll subscribe on YouTube, like the show, and share the show on Facebook. And, of course, retweet on Twitter at Outkick 360. The podcast available now and throughout the entire weekend, available wherever you download your podcast. Just look for the link tree uh, link that we have at the top of our Twitter page and individual Twitter handles. Chad, the word analytics, does it make you cringe now? It doesn't make me cringe. The simple word analytics, I think when used properly by teams, very beneficial. 
I'm not some old, stodgy, you just got to be a scout, not look at numbers type guy. Here's the problem, though. Analytics, when put in the hands of fans, can make the fan dumber. And what analytics will do is take common sense out of sports. When you bring in Jadavion Clowney to your team, <laughs> you expect Jadavion Clowney to, I don't know, register a single sack? That, that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line bar of what you're doing. When you try to do these mental gymnastics to justify a guy that you happen to like by saying, you know, advanced analytics show this guy's really good against the run. Paul, we got this in Cleveland. We did a couple of interviews this week up in Cleveland. You were asked the question. I was asked the question. You know, analytics show that Jadavion Clowney is great against the run. These are Cleveland sports talk hosts and Cleveland fans trying to talk themselves into Jadavion Clowney is going to be a very good player. Clowney may be good against the run. It still didn't prevent a couple of running backs and James Robinson and Dalvin Cook from going off against the Titans. But when you bring in someone to rush the passer, let's break it down to something that's very simple for fans to understand. Sacks, pressures, forcing a turnover. These are things that matter. I don't care what advanced analytics say about a player if that player doesn't register a single sack. Let me give you one example of a stat, maybe this could be used as advanced analytics, that I, I like, okay? This is from Eric Galco, talking about Josh Palmer of Tennessee as a draft prospect. Josh Palmer had 101 snaps versus likely top-round cornerbacks, Sertan, Horn, Campbell, Stokes, and Joseph. These are a lot of opportunities against the best corners in this draft. He was 14 for 14 on catchable balls thrown his way. He had four touchdowns, 16 yards per reception against those corners. Now that is a stat, when I see it, makes me think, boy, Josh Palmer was good against great players. Those are the types of things that I want to know. I don't want to hear any defense of Jadavion Clowney as a great player because advanced analytics show that he's good against the run when the guy has zero sacks. The problem with this, Paul, and see if you agree, teams are playing into this. They hype up their own guys when asked about Clowney's impact. Oh, you guys are focused on the sack numbers. You shouldn't. Don't just focus on a, a number on a statue. You, you don't know what's going on, what, how he's impacting other players. He was sold as this disruptor. And let's look at the other players around him when he actually played the game. Is there anything we can point to that said Harold Landry's play was impacted? Jeffrey Simmons didn't have anything special week to week whenever Jadavian Clowney was on, on the field. Uh, but I feel like every team, whenever they sign their player, is going to sell, in some cases, a bill of goods hoping that they strike gold. Clowney, I, uh, the idea of Judavian Clowney is nice. But the stat I look at is games available. And the guy, you can't count on him to be available on your game day roster because he's going to be hurt. Well, I think Clowney's been masterful at living off reputation. Yes. More so than maybe anybody you could think of in the league. <clears throat> A guy it seemed like that was going to happen for was Richard Sherman. And Richard Sherman actually has played good football. Well, let's, in let's his take it away. Let's, let's talk broader. Second. Here. Let's uh, take it away from Clowney, Richard Sherman, anyone else. Uh, to fans out there, you're going to hear from talking heads who try to act all pious and tell you how they're going to educate you on that. I'm going to educate the fans on this. I'm going to educate the fans on that. Well, I'm not going to do that, all right? We're not going to do that on this show necessarily. But I will say this. You're allowed to ask the damn common sense question. Like, why the hell can this guy not get a sack? 
fall and you into don't, a sack. You don't have to listen to the coach of your team on everything. This is one mold I want to break with people who watch or listen to the show. Just because, and Hutton, you bring up a good point, people are buying what the coaches are saying. Well, you're looking at sack numbers, and you should look at this, this, and this. You don't have to buy everything your head coach says or your GM says. This is where I think, in a way, not just fans but media lose their way a bit in their gullibility and how they listen to coaches on everything. They're not the smartest people around. It's just not true. There's a lot of people watching this show right now that may be smarter than some coaches out there. They may have a higher IQ. Don't allow the stupidity that comes from coaches to prevent you from saying, asking a question like this. I don't know. Why is Jim Schwartz not the defensive coordinator but, for the Titans? Hang on. How can Jadavion Clowney not get a single sack? Even if the coach is saying something, you don't have to regurgitate what that coach says. You have a brain also. I, I don't want to talk down to people that watch or listen to this show. You can ask the obvious questions as well. A lot of and this, we've gotten though, away from that. A lot of this, though, a lot of the coaches hate all these numbers. Positional coaches hate all. Some you'll talk to hate all of the analytics and the, and the requirements that you have to go column by column. But they love it when they can defend a guy with. Player. It. Yeah. Well, and fans love it when they can defend a guy That's their defense, defense with, with the pro football focus mentality well, look, of every single player breakdown. I think now. we agree collectively. There's a right way and a wrong way to to use them. Yeah. Um, and you have to find the the balance. Here's my thing. You know, I'd rather talk analytics breaking down the sacks. You know, I wrote a piece earlier this year on Bud Dupree's sacks from last year. Brandon Thorne, I think, is a good analyst. He broke down a whole bunch of sacks last year. You know, how many, how many of the sack leaders had, you know, what proportion of their sacks were cleanup sacks or high-quality wins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I wrote a piece looking at Dupree based on that. Well, that's interesting to me. You know, if your sack number is puffed up because you had coverage wins or because you had uh, unblocked sacks, mm -hmm. that's notable. And if you had high-quality win sacks, that's notable. If you have no sacks, you're not in the conversation about these, <laughs> these analytics, which I'm interested in. The other thing is, I think, you know, because of the access to uh, clips and film, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm sitting and watching and breaking down film, but a lot of people are. Now, some of them are blowhards. And some of them are legitimate. We're smart enough to discern these people on Twitter and on social media. But it demystifies things a little bit. And we all have eyeballs, okay? So we can see effort and we can see who's missing a block or who's beating a block. Sometimes, sure, we don't know the specific assignment and one play might be cloudy on something. But generally, we can see things. And so for a coach to tell us, that the big sample size we don't understand when we can see that Clowney's not effectively penetrating and creating pressure. They want to keep it mystical. Uh, oh, you know, football is very complicated and we understand it and you don't. I Listen, all these coaches understand that on a level that I don't understand and a big part of my job is to ask questions that help me understand. Well, but please don't tell me when I'm looking at this that I can't see that Clowney's being easily blocked here or he's not making a great effort on this play. I can see it. Let's be fair as we use Clowney as the example. We all fell for this 12 months ago. 13, 14 months, well, not even that long ago. I should, it was what, eight, nine months July. ago when he actually signed. The, the news cycle of this defense of Clowney and the reasons why you bring him in is now made its way to Cleveland. Right. 
It was a, in Seattle. It's a circus. It, went to it goes from town to town. And now the storm is at Cleveland. Yeah. What we're saying as a trio is we're not going to fall for that BS anymore. And it should be watered down in Cleveland, having seen what happened. It should have been watered down a little bit here from Seattle. Yeah. It, it was financially a little bit. We're not going to bit. fall for the Kevin Johnson more, joke. It should be more watered down in Cleveland. But in Cleveland, they're saying exactly what uh, was being said here. And I think I, I at least said, like, you know, I'm not totally sold on him, but it's the right move for them to go get this guy at this stage. They have the money. He's significantly better than the people they have. They have to go for it with this move. So I don't hold it against them that they went for it with the move, but it didn't work. Well, and I just think I hold Vic Beasley against them far more. Yeah. Well, and it's not, again, this is not, I didn't want to make this about specifically Clowney or the Titans or anyone. He's the example we've used. This is, this is, this is a very simple issue that becomes complex because we try to make everything too complex. You watch football. What do your eyes tell you? You can watch and see that a guy's great. You can watch and see a guy's busting it. I'll go back to my baseball example. Don't tweet back at me and tell me how hard it is to hit a 90-mile-per-hour slider and bunt it. It's a damn bunt. (laughs) You're a major league player. You're allowed to put a bunt on the ground and sacrifice a guy over. I can watch a baseball game. I've been watching it my whole life. I don't need some advanced analytical degree to watch a game and get pissed off at a guy who fouls off striking out bunting. It's, you know, I mean, I think that we, we tend to overthink things, put too many numbers into it, try to complicate people, and fans out there are smarter than that. You watch the game, if you've spent your life watching football, you can watch a team and a player and you can say, I like that guy. Yeah, is he a I like, player? I like how this guy right. goes. Let me go look at the numbers now to see if that supports what I like about this yeah. guy. Here's another. When the numbers support, he'd say, oh yeah, he had 12 sacks. I really like that about this player. And then you go back and, and see zero sacks in eight games and can't get on the field and people are – Not even a half a sack. People are then trying to go back and tell me how advanced analytics show yeah. me he's a great run stopper. Give me a break. Here's another, and again, Titan-specific example. But, you know, last offseason, Shane Bowen, who was functioning as the defensive coordinator, has the title now, was talking about they needed to, to get Harold Landry fewer snaps. Less is more. And I believe there is a law of diminishing returns. When you're in a position like that, that's go, go, go. At a certain point, you've got to come off the field and recover. Somebody else who's fresh is better than you, diminished. Then you come back fresh. They weren't able to do that because they were so hurt. And Landry's snaps actually went up. He played maybe the most snaps of an outside linebacker full-time last year. I had the chance to visit with Mike Vrabel, who's good enough to give me 45 minutes at my site for a broadcast yesterday, and I asked him about it. And he, he was, you know, in a good mood and very relaxed out of that press conference setting. But he's put off by this question because I ask a lot about it. And I was pressing him on that. Isn't there some kind of law of diminishing returns there? And he came back with the, you know, you want your best players on the field. Now, analytically, Chad, I want an answer to that. What is the law of diminishing returns? You know, Jim Washburn, the old defensive line coach, had a me- he measured it. After X number of plays, I can see that my guys aren't producing at the same level and they need a blow. I would like analytics on that. How many plays before Harold Landry is not the same guy where he needs two snaps off before he's back on the field and the Titans are better off with their third pass rusher on the field if they have, which they still need, a quality third pass rusher? There are other layers to this that let's just agree to table and get to in a bigger conversation. Yes. Uh, but because coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour, 
and the best reporters, the best newsmakers when it comes to the Tennessee Volunteers. Join us weekly for the VolQuest Power Hour every Friday. Brent Hubbs and Austin Price of VolQuest.com next on Outkick 360.